Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I am your host, Robin Heppel from FuneralFutures.com. We're continuing our series of pre-conference interviews for ICCFA's annual convention, which is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada, from March 19th to the 22nd. Today's guest is Jim McCann, who is the CEO of 1-800-Flowers. Jim, welcome to Funeral Gurus. Good to be with you, Rob. Now, and we also have um, uh, some of uh, some of the ladies that uh, work with you. Maybe um, if you could each uh, introduce yourselves as well. Hi, this is Jill Eastman Vidal, and nice to be with you, Rob. And this is Fran Cuomo. It's a pleasure. And as you know, Rob, uh, Fran and Jill are uh, two very senior and longtime people, uh, professionals here at One Eight Hundred Flowers, and they've been focused uniquely on the uh, sympathy space for quite some time for us now, helping us to understand a couple of things. One is, what are the trends and issues that are going on within your industry? Uh, where we do overlap as florists, uh, how, uh, how do we modify our products and services to best serve you uh, in a, a professional uh, service providers in the, in the death care industry uh, by helping our customers to have the best possible experience? So they've been charged with that task for some time now. Uh, uh, steeped in, uh, in their knowledge that they've developed, interacting with uh, some of the great uh, thought leaders in the uh, death care industry, and they're a great asset to us and hopefully a great asset to our flower shop operators around the country. Well, I think it's, a great, it's great to have liaisons like them uh, for us because uh, you, you probably know more about our business than we really know about yours. The, um, you know, the, the, the funeral director goes to the flower room, opens the door, finds the flowers, sets them up, and, and that's it. So we don't, um, you know, we don't see more of your side of that. And, and maybe, maybe Jim or um, Jill or Fran, you could let me know, just from, um, from a floral industry perspective, kind of what, how much does the sympathy part of that, you know, um, what's the percentage of, of that sector? Like, and, and do you break it down like that, like, uh, sympathy and wedding and uh, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day? We, we do track all of those things, obviously. It's important to us in our business. You have to understand, Rob, that uh, the I would say that your business is a much more complicated business than a flower business. I'm not saying it's harder or easier. Uh, I know that the flower, uh, operating a flower shop is not an easy business. It's a physically tough, demanding business and requires, like your business, individual operators to be very skilled at a whole lot of different things. Uh, so uh, one of them is how to best serve the, uh, the sympathy industry. Mm -hmm. And it is an important segment for us. It's probably 14 or 15 percent of sales overall on an annual basis for our shops around uh, North America. And so it's a very important piece of our business. And one I think that we can do a better job of serving uh, the customer and the professionals in the industry, and that's why uh, we're devoting so much time and attention to, to interact, to get good input and good suggestion so that we can get better all the time at how we service this industry and the customers who have our need for our service at that time. Yeah, because I guess it's, um, you know, for for us, we get, uh, you know, the phone rings and we get called into action. And uh, and I know when, and usually we're, you know, we're only dealing with two or three days notice. So, um, you know, we expect to pick up the phone, phone the, you know, phone the florist and, you know, have a, have a product there, you know, within 24 hours or, um, or sometimes, sometimes less, sometimes, uh, sometimes less than an hour if, uh, if uh, we made a mistake. Our florists around 
comic world would be thrilled with 24 hours notice. <laughs> <laughs> and and one, of the, one of the sore points that always comes up between our florist and funeral directors is that, oh, I accept flowers from uh, uh, this time to this time. Well, that's all well and good, but my customer who just uh, called our shop or came to us online at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and wants the flowers there uh, that evening because they're flying in for the service or it's the last night of the services and they want something there, doesn't understand that your room only receives flowers at certain hours. Yeah. So it's always, always going to be a rub between us because I understand if I were running a funeral home, I'd want everything to be orderly, and uh, but I don't know if... I don't know if you've noticed, I've, I've certainly noticed uh, that consumers are a little bit more demanding than they used to be, mm-hmm. and especially uh, long-distance customers uh, expect and want things to be done right away. I can't tell you how many uh, requests we get uh, early in the morning to get something to a service by 10 o'clock, but I'm giving you an hour's notice to make up the piece, uh, get it delivered, and have it there in plenty of time for the service. Isn't an hour enough for all of that? <laughs> Oh yeah, I can, uh, I can, I can hear it, and I, and probably too, you know, with where you've taken your company, uh, you're you're going to you're going to have a bigger percentage of those of those clients than you know the, I guess the brick and mortar one uh, you know one floral shop, who uh, you know they're they're open from eight to five or whatever. So, um, well, that, that's but, probably that's probably correct, Rob, because you remember our customers are going to be. Uh, very affluent, uh, very tech-savvy, early adapters, and they've come to expect that if they want a pair of shoes uh, for Friday night and it's Thursday afternoon, that they can go, go, to, go to a website, have six pairs delivered to them by Friday, and return the uh, five that they don't want uh, uh, by Monday. <laughs> so it's not just what we do as people in the death care industry or people in the floral industry. It's what every other industry, whether it's uh, FedEx or UPS or instant messaging, it's all the other ingredients that make up the mindset and the expectation set of consumers around the world, but particularly in, in uh, North America, in terms of what they expect should and can happen for them. Absolutely. Now, hey, Jim, can I ask you a little bit about, um, uh, I noticed uh, your book, Celebrating Life, Words of Comfort, and and uh, what what have you seen as um, you know as as you mentioned earlier, really um, really taking a strong look at at the funeral industry and and really integrating yourself with that? What have your observations been um, you know over that time as you've as as you and your company have had a um, a more focused look? Well, I think uh, I think what jumps out when you ask that question, Rob, is what we see is that. Uh, there's an amazing similarity in terms of the personality type of the people who are in your business and the people who are in our business. And that is, these are people who tend to be uh, from a a community they do business in, they have deep roots there, they have uh, long-standing relationships, and they have a genuine interest in doing a terrific job to help people at a special time in their life. Uh, and, And in our case, we're helping put smiles on faces of people every day and in the case of sympathy, we're helping to bring comfort and expression of, of a very heartfelt and very uh, personal uh, sentiment. And so it's a, very, it's a job uh, that's very serious on both our parts. I think uh, what, I, what I'm most struck by is the level of caring and concern of the people in these two very related industries. 
that's the most apparent thing that jumps out to me. The other thing that jumps out is that, like almost every industry I know, uh, we are all being challenged to keep up with the changing consumer demands and expectations, and those are fueled by the changes in technology and the delivery vehicles of, of all the messaging and communications we have. So I describe uh, the four waves that our company has gone through, and while I'll tell you the most recent of the four is the most exciting, it's also the most uh, intimidating. First wave for us was simple. We had re a retail store and a, set of, and a chain of retail stores. You understand that, you've seen it, uh, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. uh, next was we embraced a new technology in, in the mid-80s, which was uh, 800 numbers. In this case, our name was our telephone number, the first company to do that. And uh, that changed our world. We didn't realize that it would change our world, but it changed our whole industry. The, the next wave after 800 numbers was the internet. We didn't know it at the time, but in 1990, 91, when my younger brother came to work with us out of uh, university, uh, he wanted us to play around with all the new technologies. And one of them, in spite of uh, scores, literally, of other things that didn't work out, this one online world just kept coming along, coming along. And four years later, in 1995, when Netscape was introduced, uh, where they introduced a browser and all of a sudden the Internet became organized, it really began to matter. So that was the third wave, the Internet. And now the, uh, the fourth wave is upon us, and that's, as I say, exciting and stimulating and absolutely horrifying all at the same time. And that's what I would describe as a three or four headed wave here uh, because uh, it's a cluster of waves. It's everything uh, social, everything global, everything local, and it's all fueled by mo mobile, mobility, uh, and I'll sell you phones. And I heard an expression uh, just last week that's been ringing in my head and I've probably re-quoted uh, a couple of dozen times already. And that is these mobile devices that we all carry, uh, increasingly smartphones, are increasingly the remote controls of our lives. When you think about it, uh, we have a remote control in our home that controls our TV. Sometimes it will also control the sound system in our house. Uh, but now these little things in our hands uh, not only control our TVs and the sound system in our house, but they bring to us our educational material, our textbooks, our entertainment material, our banking, our finance work, our communications, our expressions of love, our expressions of fear, our expressions of sympathy, our notifications, uh, they, uh, our medical records, our appointments, they are the remote controls of our life. And that is going to continue to impact my business, and I'm quite certain it will continue to impact your business as well. Absolutely. And it's really hard, even, you know, me trying to um, hold myself out as a tech technology expert, it's really hard to to keep up with with that and how the you know how the apps work and how these things change and and they're um, and if once you get to outside of North America, um, you know other people are actually more um, have adopted that more and they have better you know better infrastructure than than we have, but uh, yeah it's uh, it's hard and especially when you're dealing with um, folks who. Who, who are in, in funeral service and, and uh, uh, many like to you know look back to the days of yesteryear when uh, you know when their parents or grandparents ran the operations and um, it's uh, and and I think that's one of the one of the real issues that um, that that they have 
is that in, in the past, you would just kind of look up to that previous generation for guidance and, and, and uh, um, expertise and consultation. Uh, but now you couldn't, you know, you couldn't ask the next, the previous generation about mobile phones or online orders or anything like that. Now it goes the other way, Rob. Now you have to ask your children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, can you figure this out for me? And well, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm an old guy, and <laughs> it's tough for me to try and keep up with the new trends. Uh, but and I work very hard at it. And one of the things I do, and my children are actually too old for me to go to to get information on the emerging technologies. So I have to uh, adopt uh, other kids' children that, that I have people to talk to. So I, I often tap into, on a regular basis, the youngest people in our company. When they're at the very newest to our company, we have uh, monthly uh, get-togethers for dinner. And I'll invite a core team of people who are involved in our new technologies and I'll invite some of the newest, youngest people in the company to that dinner. And it's not just to break bread and get to know one another, that's part of it, but the rest of it is they come with a work assignment. And I, I want to know what they're doing in their personal lives that involves technology. Hmm. What sites are they visiting? Why? What trends do they see? How do they think it's going to change our business? What new products would you have in our, in our uh, product line to help serve you? And I want you to go interview your 16-year-old and your 12-year-old younger sister and younger brother and ask them the same questions to bring back a report to that dinner. Oh, that's great. What a great way to, uh, um, you know, just have your own, your own bunch of little consultants out there coming back and, and uh, sitting through. We have a group of uh, young ladies who are uh, 14 years old now who, when they were 10 years old, started serving as a panel for us on what's new and what's going on in trends. And uh, these uh, young, and I say young ladies because we started out with young men and young ladies, mm -hmm. but I don't know if you've ever observed this, Rob, you sound like a young guy, uh, but uh, young ladies are much more serious and much more manageable uh, than young men. So when we had them all in a room, the young men were hitting one another in the back of the head and throwing spitballs, and the young ladies were sitting there at 10 years old with their notebooks open uh, with suggestions, taking notes, and uh, completely uh, involved in the subject matter. So. We self-selected down to uh, four or five of these young ladies now who continually communicate with us, shooting us uh, electronic pictures of products they saw in a department store that have modified in just a way uh, would uh, be perfect for us to introduce in our line, uh, telling us that they none of their friends email anymore. They only instant message. They're only on Facebook. Some of them telling us Facebook is over. They don't really use Facebook anymore. They're on to different sites. So that's how we stay tapped in. But it takes work. Because if I just listen to old people like my kids, I'm going to miss out on what the really new generation is thinking and doing. Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah, that's great, and uh, and great for you guys to you know have that up that you're keeping uh, keeping abreast of that. Now, maybe if I could ask Jill and Fran, just um, uh, you know, maybe what. Um, since this will be you know, listened to a lot, uh, listened to by a lot of funeral directors and cemeterians, how can we? Um, how would you suggest that we may be able to work better together uh, on that? Um, you know, as we're both trying to serve these families that are that are grieving. Well, um, you know, one of the the most valuable things of attending these conferences is, is certainly listening um, to the speakers and meeting with the funeral directors. Um, really, a lot of the time, it's just asking them what could we be doing as far as that are better, because. I think the greatest challenge is understanding 
all the obstacles and the um, blocks associated with providing good service. So just by saying, you know, what's been your experience, what can we do better as florists, we got so much great information um, that we took back and trained our phone agents to, to understand, listen, this is what a funeral director goes through. So you have to understand what a florist goes through, what a funeral director goes to. Because with sympathy, unlike our other occasions, there are more human touch points to a floral delivery than any other occasion we have. And with more floral touch points means more possibility for problems. But we've been doing such a great job and basing it on their feedback. And I think also sharing with the funeral directors, just simply like, you know, generally arrangement like this does require 24 hours notice. And we're really just trying to please the um, customer. So maybe it is a little bit out of the normal delivery time, but we really want to make sure that it gets there. I think just having a general understanding of each other's roles and responsibilities, because at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to deliver is great service. Um, but it, it is a very much a team effort, although we don't always look at it as that. And do you see... Um... I think one of the most valuable things we did, Rob, and, and Jill and Fran did it, was we assembled a group of uh, very thoughtful thought leaders uh, from the uh, uh, funeral industry who have been our advisory board now for uh, coming up on two years. And uh, the dialogues we've had have been very fruitful. Uh, we've enjoyed it. It's... it's uh, caused us to change some of our product lines in the memorial space, the uh, garden, uh, garden elements, uh, uh, permanent giftware, uh, memorial stones, things like that, uh, with the great input from uh, our uh, advisory board on the, on the funeral director side. And, and that group has been uh, together now for, as I say, almost two years. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, it's always great to get to, um, that firsthand knowledge and, and glad to hear that you're then acting upon it, too. So that's uh, um, that's good. And, 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 you're, and you're right. We, we do need to have that that dialogue and, and, uh, and work together. What, what are the um, what do you see as uh, trends across the country? Uh, you know, as we see different types of funeral trends, uh, do you see the same? Are they? Are they linked? Are they is there? Are they correlated? Where um, you know, in say in uh, higher cremation markets, uh, you know, in the retirement areas on the coast and and in the south. Um, now, obviously, you're not. You know, there isn't going to be the the big casket sprays, but but now I'm just guessing at this. You know, Victoria being a very uh, uh, you know it's a retirement capital of Canada or one of them. Uh, lots of uh, first time. First generation Victorian. Florida was the retirement capital of Canada. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. There's there's lots of uh, there's lots of people from Ontario down in Florida right now. That's for sure. <laughs> no. Now, so how does this work um, with um, so those people in that live in in these areas uh, are going to be the people who have left up and you know packed up, left the prairies or the Midwest and. Uh, uh, and have gone to these other areas. So what we see in, on the funeral side is that those are the people that usually then um, kind of forego their uh, the funeral customs of their family. They sometimes forego the uh, the, the religious um, uh, attachment. And uh, and so what what's happened? What we see is that there's a you know the higher instance in in cremation. Uh, so there's less of the the formal services. Now, 
at, at first glance, I would guess that uh, to you in those areas, that would mean less, uh, you know, maybe less floral sales. But Jim, what you said to earlier is that you, you know, you're dealing with affluent people, mobile people. So, so those people, since they are so transient, are they actually then, you know, are, do you see, do you see an influx of more people using a service like yours? Yes, in those areas. Our sales, sales been growing and growing quite uh, quite well and probably growing faster than our overall business. And I think it's for the reasons you mentioned. Plus, uh, the, our, our customers are looking to us in this circumstance for this small piece of the death care world to be their trusted guide to make suggestions. Uh, I had a situation uh, just a week ago, two weeks ago now too, where I walked into a restaurant and it was a table of uh, five guys on the far side, uh, people I know, good friends, and one of them called me over to the table, right? Said, come on, please, come on, I want to tell you something. So before I sat down, I went over and gave I just have to tell you, and he announced this for the whole table to hear, about an experience I had with your company uh, uh, yesterday. And I thought, oh, geez, don't tell me he's going to have a complaint, and he's going to make it in this public kind of environment, but whatever it is, it is. So he said, I just have to tell you, I had a friend of mine uh, uh, die in uh, New Jersey. He lives on Long Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, so I said, oh, boy, I'm going to have to go to the service. He got the word from another friend, uh, called us, arranged to have a, a, a funeral, a flower tribute sent to the funeral. He said he had a terrific young lady on the phone who was very helpful, gave him some good suggestions what to do, helped him on what he should say on the card. He says, it was just all around a positive experience. I said, well, good. His name is Jim as well. I said, great, great, Jim. I'm happy to hear that. He goes, oh, no, it doesn't end there. So I said, well, what else? He goes, well, I told her in the course of the conversation that I was going to be getting in the car, and it's probably a two, two-and-a-half-hour ride for me to go to the services, and I'd be doing it that afternoon. He says, about an hour and a half later, I was just leaving the house to go get in the car, and the phone rings, and it's a lady from your shop telling me, we made up the piece, we went to deliver it, and lo and behold, the services were actually this morning. The information you have is wrong. The services already happened. He was buried this morning. And I called to tell you, uh, in, in case I could catch you, to save you the drive. And he said, literally, I had my coat on and the keys in my hand and, and my hand on the doorknob when the phone rang. Uh, so he said, I, was, I thought that was extremely thoughtful service. And I said, of course, charge me for the piece anyway. She said, no, no. Not, not at all. We have plenty of uses for the flowers, but uh, what we'd recommend is that we do a different kind of piece, a nice fireside basket, that we send to the home. He said that was so thoughtful that she called, so thoughtful that she made no issue about the fact that I, you'd already made up the piece for me and I was wrong on the information, and that she'd sent a different piece, a smaller piece, to the home, and that was the right way to express myself. And said I had the nicest phone call from his widow who he says I really didn't know it was his second wife and I really didn't know her but it gave us a chance for a wonderful uh, conversation on the telephone because she called to express her thanks for the flower he said I've never had a better all-around service experience with any company in my life needless to say I bought the uh, bottle of wine at the table for the ball it was nice to hear but it, it gives you an example of how we have to be adaptive because the real trend for us is that people are finding out about a service on the other side of the country, they want to express themselves, the services are much shorter, they don't have the opportunity, so they're looking to us to say, what's appropriate for me to send to the home? Do I send a nice 
foliage discarded? Do I send a nice flowering plant? Do I send a nice uh, flower arrangement? Do I send something appropriate for the garden? Because I know he he loved to work in the garden. So that's where our role is changing, uh, as uh, the changes that are impacting our industry in a trickle down way are impacting our industry as well. Well, that's great. Great. That's what a great story. Um, and uh, and great just to see that uh, you know that uh, that gal was just thinking on her on her feet. You, she could have very easily just thought, oh well, you know that's uh, you know he missed uh, you know he missed the service and he already paid for the flowers and not saying well, that would be someone from your store, but you know I'm sure that thought would cross someone's mind if you know if they really. It made didn't. me feel terrific, uh, Rob, because all we do is uh, uh, work with our people to understand that they have permission. In fact, they have the responsibility to treat our customers the way they'd like to be treated. In fact, we go further and say, treat the customer in such a way that they're inspired to write me a letter about how nice you were and how well you treated them. It's not what you do so much as how you do it, how you care, how you connect. So the, the, the tough challenge for us is to, to bring people of customer service habits that they've developed as a consumer in terms of what they could, should come to expect in terms of customer service and act like they would love to be treated. Absolutely. Well, now, Jim, I know that we've kind of bounced around here and this has been a great dialogue. And uh, now, and I know that you talked about the four waves of, um, of what you've gone through at 1-800-Flowers. Is there anything else that, uh, um, that the folks who are gonna be attending your presentation uh, should know about what they're, they're gonna hear and, and how they might be able to apply that to their funeral home or cemetery? Well, I think uh, the, the general thing of what I would try and do here is give them insight into how the world is impacting me and us, how we're trying to adapt to it and uh, learn from it and build our business with it, and perhaps some of the mistakes, some of the good, uh, good luck, some of the good fortune, some of the prodding and discovering we're doing will have application in their world and their business, and perhaps it'll be at the beginning of a dialogue between us and, uh, and the thoughtful people uh, who are in the room at, at, uh, at this uh, particular event uh, that uh, will continue beyond that event. And uh, that's where our great, you know, we're very creative. What I mean by that is we take great ideas, great suggestions from people in and out of our industry and try and adapt them. That's how we can remain creative, by having interesting, thoughtful dialogue with people who have a different perspective but a caring point of view. And so that's what I hope to achieve in this discussion. Share our lessons, uh, share some of our observations, share some of the things I've learned in my conversation with you in terms of how your industry is changing, show them the, uh, uh, show them an open kimono, how it's impacting us, and perhaps uh, together we can come up with uh, an idea to a three that'll help, uh, help us to serve our customers better and thereby improve our businesses. Well, that's, that's great, Jim. I'm really looking forward to, to your presentation and, and, and seeing the gals there uh, uh, at the show. Um, now, I do have one last question for you. Uh, you know, being a typical guy, and it's, uh, it's February 10th as we're recording this, uh, how long can I wait to order flowers for, for Tuesday? You have 60 seconds left starting now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, the answer to that question is I don't know. Uh, will be available all through the weekend, obviously 24-7. Uh, as we get to uh, Monday, it depends on the market where your, uh, your mom or your sister or your aunt or your uh, girlfriend or your wife 
or uh, wherever the person you, you want to, your daughter, wherever you want to express yourself, so on. It depends on the market. Uh, but I'll tell you, the sales are brisk. Uh, weather is seemingly good all over North America with very few spots of, uh, of challenge from a delivery or product point of view. Mm -hmm. So we're expecting a very, very uh, busy uh, weekend and, and Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so uh, my recommendation is if you have the thought, act on it. Great. Well, that's excellent. And, uh, well, Jim, I'd like to thank you and Jill and Fran for spending this time with, uh, with me today. And, uh, right, Jim, I look forward to seeing you out there. Great. Great, Jim. Bye-bye uh, now. Bye now. Well, I'd like to thank Jim McCann from 1-800-Flowers, who's going to be presenting Bringing Your Business to Full Bloom at the ICCFA's annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada, from March 19th to the 22nd. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. Check back soon for another ICCFA pre-conference interview. On behalf of thefuneralgurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.